It's a morning show unlike any other. Shout out to the breakfast What you guys are doing right now, it's the hub culture. The breakfast club is my morning sit. I need it and I love it so much. I feel like you really not popping until you do the breakfast club. I've been waiting to come to y'all's show, man. I know really? you got to be a big time celebrity to be up in here. You got to be, be big time. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. The breakfast club, bitches. Break the fuck up. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. Good morning. What's happening? How y'all feeling out there? We thank God for it all. Take a deep breath for everybody out there who can't. What's going on? I am happy the weekend is here, brother. I'm not even definitely here. Weekend it was here since today. yesterday, though. It's all about perspective. Nah, it's here today. Today is the day, boy. Today is the day, and I'm excited about that. How y'all feeling? Why is today I'm tired. Today? What you know that we don't know? No, no, no. I mean, not not like today is the day. Like it's D Day. Like it's a wrap. And I mean, like you know, I'm tired. Like you know, yesterday I, um, I'm in LA right now for Super Bowl. You know, uh, I'm out here uh, DJing, working, and I'm going to the Super Bowl on Sunday. But yesterday I had the first stop in Houston. You know, I'm doing car show season is starting back up. And Houston is one of the new markets that I'm doing the car show in. So I had to go to Houston before the rodeo came in town so I can actually see the space. So I flew to Houston for a couple of hours, uh, seeing the space at the NRG Stadium. And then after that, I got back on a plane and flew to L.A. So it's been a lot of traveling, a lot of running around. And I'm happy I could just just relax today. After the show's over, I'm going back to bed, brother. Well, yeah, congratulations. That time <laughs> that time difference in LA can really be crazy because you know the show is on the East Coast at six a.m. But in LA, that's three a.m. But the energy, I would say, is is great in LA. When I landed, I think I landed at about ten o'clock at night. Hey, what uh, I see, everybody, uh, I see posting stuff like violence, well, tuck your uh, chain this weekend. Well, I was look alive. I was about to say when I got when I got to the airport, it was everybody was cheering and happy, and everybody, you know, like you could tell, it was a lot of Rams fans there. And then when I got to the hotel. All night, I kept hearing sirens. So I, I guess it's a little bit of both. I guess it's a little uh, bit of excitement and, and, and a little bit of action. So it's, it's, Yeah, it's probably two different worlds, two different perspectives. You got some people there that's there for the Super Bowl, and you got some people there that's, you know, there for the violence. Some people, it's, it's, Listen, there's a lot of people there that's going to be looking for quick come-ups this weekend. Absolutely. So, so I just want to let everybody know I got $3 in my pocket, no jewelry, no watch, and that's it. So if you try to rob me, it's practicing. Yeah, so I, I, t- I tend to listen to the people who actually live there, the natives, you know yep. what I mean? Who really know what's going on on the ground? Yep. I, 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 I tend to listen to them, not the tourists. Yeah, so if you want to practice, you can, hey, all day long, give me what you got. Here's $2. All right, thank you. I ain't got nothing. So just just letting you know. Just letting you know. But, yeah, they are saying be very careful if you're moving around. Make sure you move around safe with a bunch of people. Don't go anywhere because it is a stick-up season. When you say they a bunch of people, tough. like, what do you, who are you talking to? Because you don't mean, like, regular people. Who do you mean? You talking about celebrities, athletes? Who are you talking about a bunch of people? Do you, uh, you remember when the police put out that memo and said we can't protect you? You're on your own, so be smart, be careful, and if you got anything valuable, don't wear it. You remember when the police put that statement? Yeah, out? but you said a bunch of people. I'm just like, who, who, who's, who's rolling around with a bunch well, of people? That's one. Everybody don't have an entourage. <laughs> well, that's 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 what. Oh, you mean move around with a bunch of people? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's not so just. That means, yeah, that means not leave just. Your ass at home. Yeah, it's not just celebrities and athletes uh, in the Super Bowl in LA mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Everybody, yes. so everybody look careful. alive. Yeah, just be careful if you're out here. What about you? Yeah, you still in, in uh, Detroit? Shooting at a yes, movie I was, Netflix? 
Yeah, I actually been out here every day um, just doing like a couple of scenes for this movie my friend Dennis Reed is doing out here. So I'm doing a little role, but um, it's a lot of work. So every time you watch a movie now, I'm, I'm looking at it like how every single scene has to be shot several times from different angles. Mm -hmm. It's like a very long process of waiting around and then reshooting scenes over and over and over and over and over again. But I'll be home today. Y'all popping. Okay. I didn't do nothing yesterday but watch ESPN and watch James Harden get shit sent to the Sixers and, and Ben Simmons get sent to the Nets. Well, we'll yeah, talk I mean, about I, that in front page. I watched that on the phone yesterday. And I do want to shout out to Central Kitchen out here, too. They sell my coffee as a, a espresso martini, uh, my cup coffee. So I went Shop there yesterday him. for dinner. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Uh, Gary Chambers Jr. will be oh, joining man. us. He's running for Louisiana Senate. And uh, he'll be joining us. You might know him. Um, recently, he had a, a video go viral. He, when he announced he was running, he was smoking some weed, and people were mm -hmm. in the arms. So and this that brother's going to be joining us this morning. And this week, he burnt the Confederate flag. I, I, I like Gary Chambers Jr. a lot because he's he is the change. He, he's being the change he wants to see in politics. So can't wait to talk to him. Absolutely. All right. And we'll get into that. And also today, uh, Major Hype. All right. Major Hype, a uh, comedian, Caribbean comedian. He's going to be performing in New York City all weekend long for Valentine's Day. Actually, just Sunday, just for Sunday for his big show. So we'll be talking to uh, Major Hype later on as well. But let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking? Well, let's talk about White House Press Secretary Jem Psaki has addressed the inaccurate reporting on the, quote, $30 million in federal grants that are going to be used to supply free crack pipes. She said that is not true. Oh, God. Why are, they, why are they holding on to this? All right. Well, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. All right. Now, yesterday was the trade, NBA trade deadline, and everybody was talking about the trade. James Harden uh, for Ben Simmons. And, and who else was part of that deal? Uh, Andre Drummond, uh, Seth Curry. So the Nets got Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks, and the Sixers got uh, James Harden and Paul Millsap. 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 Yeah. Yes. People are saying it's not. A, it's not actually a bad deal for Brooklyn if Ben Simmons comes to play. They're saying Ben Simmons is a great player. They're saying Seth Curry gets busy, and they're saying it's not. A, it's oh, not a bad deal for Brooklyn. Oh, the Nets absolutely won that deal. And the reason. Yeah, the I'm Nets, not mad at it. Yeah, the Nets won Andre that Drummond deal. Gets busy too. They got mm -hmm. two first-round picks. They got two first-round picks, and they got Seth Curry. So that's 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 a great deal. Seth Curry, and people will say uh, that the, the team will be more balanced now. Yeah, that's, that's what they're saying. But, so that's but, 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 but we are letting Nets fans off the hook a little easy because, boy, y'all had a parade planned in Brooklyn. And we told y'all this wasn't going to work, that James Harden, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant combination. But, boy, y'all had already planned a parade in Brooklyn last year, didn't y'all? Well, I will got, say well, this. a lot of things happened. The they pandemic, only played 16 Kyrie games wasn't playing. Yeah, they yeah. only played 16 games. It was 13-3 and three with, when the big three were playing. It was They only played 16 games out of, what, a year and a half with each other. So there's no way to really tell. Yes, there was. If you watch basketball, so many people what? predicted that that wouldn't work. I, 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 I knew injuries that. and everything else. Even with them on the court, I didn't think that was going to work. It's not enough balls to go around, and they, they don't play no defense. It's like, come on, they That's were thirteen a, I, and three when they were together on the court. Well, I know one thing: Ben Simmons, if, if he comes back and he plays right and his mind is right, he's going to make them a better defensive team immediately. So will Andre Drummond. That is a fact. All right, what else we got? Easy. All right, well, you saw a lot of headlines. The White House is going to be supplying free crack pipes to drug users with the new plan that they're doing for $30 million in federal grants. White House Gen, uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki has addressed what she is calling inaccurate reporting on this topic. 
these are harm reduction programs and she discusses what is actually contained in that safe smoking kit. Here's what she had to say. They were never part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting and we wanted to put out information to make that clear. What is in the safe smoking kit? Uh, a safe smoking skin may contain alcohol swabs, lip balm, other materials to promote hygiene and reduce the transmission of diseases like HIV and hepatitis. I would note that what we're really talking about here is steps that we're taking as a federal government to address the opioid epidemic, which is killing uh, tens of thousands, if not more, Americans uh, every single day, week, month of the year. I, I, I don't even know what they're talking about anymore. Because the full $30 million grant, yes, all she had to do is say it's not, you know, just towards crack pipes, but the grant description does require the provision of smoking kits and those, smoking kits and those kits constitute just one of several subcomponents of a long list. So, yes, it's a very small part of a larger program. But when you look in that smoking kit, there is this blue tube that looks a lot like a pipe. So, well, well she there, she did say all of that, but then they did ask what's in the smoking kit in particular. But she did describe everything else that's uh, have, happening have you seen in the this harm kit? reduction program. Yes. And you don't think that thing looks like a pipe? It does. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm <laughs> yes. telling you what she it said. Does. She said it's not a crack pipe. People, people are saying it's a, a crack pipe, but she's saying that it's not a crack pipe. I mean, she may not call it a crack pipe because, I mean, crack pipe is more so slang than anything. But that is some type of tube that you would smoke cracking so right. whatever you want to call no, it there's no pipes in safe smoking kits the goal of harm reduction is to save lives yes that is very true all of that is very true but she's they're, they're acting like this is not a part a small part of a larger program it is a small part of a larger program like whether people want to name it crack pipes or whatever it's a tube to smoke cracking like what's the problem i think I think what she was trying to do was uh, correct all the headlines that say things like Biden crime policy, crack pipes for all. What could go wrong? Or they're spending $30 million to send meth and crack pipes to minority communities in the name of racial equity. And that's not tr- and that's she, not true. It's just, it's just a, that's what she's saying. Yeah. Yes, but it, it is part a very small part of a larger program. They're just not doing a good job of describing the larger program because Democrats suck at messaging. All Simple right. as that. Well, that is your front page news. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Monica from Brooklyn. Hey, Monica. Peace, from Monica. Hi. Um, so I just wanted to speak about that whole uh, drug thing you guys were just talking about with the crack pipe. The harm reduction, the harm they, reduction yeah, program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. And maybe the messaging just needs to be clearer because I don't see how it's fair that we're spending $30 million on this, but we're not addressing, again, like the student loan issues. We're not giving, you know, people who are in debt who worked hard, like any type of assistance. So... I just don't understand what's happening and, and who's making these decisions about how the money should be allocated. This doesn't seem fair to me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually a, a, a good program. You know, I, I personally wish that, you know, they would spend more money on, you know, rehabilitation and mental health services. But, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to just go out there and get help. So this harm reduction program could be a first step to them getting rehabilitation. But they're just not doing a good job of describing the larger program. That's it. Very they true. Sh- they should do something with euphoria. Maybe. Do something with euphoria. They show euphoria. Uh, I'm saying because that's 
kind of the point of the show is Zendaya. That would be a great um, ad for it. Maybe. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Well, that's the thing. I'm a teacher, and I just feel like maybe we can start some more uh, interventions with young people in the schools and start putting money into our schools versus into, like, the problem. Like, let's be more proactive and avoid these problems. I agree with that, too. That was all. Have Thank you, Queen. for calling. Hey. You too, no mama. Hello, who's this? Hey, how's it going? Is Envy? Hey, what's up, brother? What's going on? It's Miguel. Miguel, what up, man? Get what up, Miguel? Chance. Why are you calling up here like we know you, King? <laughs> what's up, Angela Yee? How's Peace, King. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Angela I'm sorry. I'm coming for you. I got to get off my chest. You got to stop fighting for the Democrats. Somebody says something about them, you always back them up. Sweetie, stop it already. You got to break up with that relationship. I can support whoever I want and believe what I want, right? Just like you can. Yeah, you can. You, you can. Thank and you. I know you do. And I, and I grew up Democrat also. You know, but it's just like this country only has two parties and it, it's just not fair. You can vote like, you know, keep going back to the Democrats and Republicans. I, I don't want either. I'm a chameleon. You got to be a chameleon. You should start the funny party. They are, they are, they are, they are, they are I've, heard, I've seen people say they want Dave Chappelle to run for president. I've seen people say they want Joe Rogan to run for president. They're both comedians. Uh-huh. I guess his phone didn't want anybody to run for president. But get it off your chest. Mm-hmm. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Yo, what's good? This is Jermaine out of Atlanta by way of Harlem. Jermaine, what's happening, King? Get it off your chest. What's going on? I wanted to propose something to you guys, see what y'all thought of it. It's based on the conversation y'all was having yesterday about economics and our community and that kind of stuff. Uh Um, At the end of the day, we have to lean in the way we are uh, celebrated and not tolerated, like Charlemagne always say. Yes, sir. So, like, what if we do a program where, like, we take a product made by the community, promote it, get a, a million units of it sold by us. Like, I like that post idea. Product, post the product once every once once every month, every three months, whatever. And like everybody in the community, even our allies, they don't just have to be black. Go support. Support that, that product and, and buy a million units of that product, so that so that business could at least have that that kind of start to get off the ground and get something popping. I, I I like that idea. I, to be honest with you, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even need a million. You buy a hundred thousand of somebody's product. You can change. You know what I'm saying? Change. You change their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we, it, we could. We don't yeah, own the raw materials to produce stuff, so we have to partner up with these right. other with these other coaches in order to to get our products produced. So like, yeah, why no. not? You're right, and I agree. I mean, we Charlemagne and I were talking to uh, shout to John Cohen. He's uh, one of the, I think, the only black uh, NASCAR, NASCAR owner. NASCAR owner. Yeah. yeah, the only black NASCAR owner. The brothers from Newark, New Jersey, and he. Uh, we we gonna we we gonna get him on probably next week. He was talking about how difficult it is for him to be an owner in NASCAR, not having the the, the capital as everybody else, not having the support as everybody else, and a lot of times. We don't just watch. We don't watch NASCAR, but like he said, we make everything sexy, and we definitely got to support him. His, his company is New York Racing, so you can definitely check him out. Let's go to another caller. Yo, yo, what's up? Who's this? This Stevie Steve, the comedian from Delaware. How y'all doing? Happy Stevie Friday, Stevie Steve. What's happening, Stevie King? Steve, what up, brother? Nothing too much. Hey, man, how y'all don't have Miss Pat on this week? Her comedy special dropped on Netflix. I don't know, man. I, mean, I was thinking the same thing. I can't Damn. wait to see Miss oh. Pat, man. I can't wait to watch oh, that special. It? 
No, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I watched like three times already. It's hilarious. Hilarious? Man. Oh man. We gotta shout to Miss Pat. I'm gonna hit it now. I gotta watch it. We gotta watch. I'm gonna watch hey, this weekend. What happened to Miss Pat? She usually come up here. I wonder. Maybe she got busy because she's taping. Do, uh, you oh know no, what? no. You know what? She but does. She does a radio. She, she show does the radio Atlanta. show. Yeah, and and yeah. she oh, and okay. she and she's about to start shooting her uh, second season of her sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, her sitcom funny too. Hey, nah, Miss Pat is Miss Pat. Pat, Pat, Pat Miss Pat, Pat, listen, man. God got God got her hands on Miss Pat in a Absolutely. real way. Shout out to all the crack babies. That's Miss Pat fans. I'm a crack baby. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And shout out to Miss Pat. Yeah, February 8th, her uh, Netflix uh, special came out. It's called Miss Pat. Y'all want to hear something crazy? Make sure y'all go get it. I mean, check. I said get it. Make sure y'all go support it and support Miss Pat. I'm going to hit Miss Pat right now. Same. I'm sending her a good morning text right now. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way. All right. And I never thought I'd see this day. Billie Eilish versus Kanye. What are the two of them going back and forth over? All right, we'll get into that next, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right, well, you can't always just read the headlines, right? Now, Kanye West is supposed to be headlining Coachella alongside Billie Eilish. And he posted a headline, Billie Eilish dissed Travis Scott at her concert after she stopped the show to give her fan an inhaler. He posted, come on, Billie, we love you. Please apologize to Trav and to the families of the people who lost their lives. No one intended this to happen. Trav didn't have any idea what was happening when he was on stage and was very hurt by what happened. And yes, Trav will be with me at Coachella, but now I need Billie to apologize before I perform. <laughs> but let's flash back to what Billy actually said while she was on stage. Relax, relax, it's okay. It's okay, we're taking care of our people. Hold on. <laughs> I wait for people to be okay until I keep going. It was a shot at Travis. Now, Billy. Billy Eilish responded, literally never said a thing about Travis was just helping a fan. I mean, listen, Kanye got nerve to demand an apology from anyone for something they have said. <laughs> Imagine someone demand, demanding Kanye West apologize for something he said. Come on. Now, he also posted someone's comment. Somebody said, man's off the meds. Album gonna go crazy. Kanye posted that and responded, the world is racist, sexist, homophobic, and crazy phobic at our core. It's cheap and dismissive to say I'm off my meds anytime I speak up. Phobia in this sense doesn't mean being afraid of it. means not giving power to let's be more conscious and not write each other off so easily. I'm watching that Genius documentary so. this weekend, though. I got a link to mm -hmm. it. I can't wait to watch that. I heard it's really good. Our all right, and congratulations to Eve. She has welcomed her first child with her husband, Maximilian Cooper. So congratulations to two of them. She posted, our beautiful boy was born February 1st, 2022. Wild Wolf Fife Alexander Summers Cooper. Words can't describe this feeling. Dropping a clue about for Eve and Maximilian. Congratulations. Glad you had a healthy delivery. That's the most important thing. And Anderson Cooper has announced the birth of his second son. He said his newborn son name is Sebastian Luke Maisani Cooper. He was 6.8 pounds at birth, and he is healthy and happy. Even his occasional hiccups are, to me, adorable. So okay. that's his second uh, child. His first son, Wyatt, was born in April of 2020. And he's co-parenting Wyatt and Sebastian with his best friend and former partner, Benjamin Maisani. We're dropping a clues bomb for Anderson Cooper and Benjamin. Congratulations. They had a healthy delivery. All That's right. the most important thing. Mm -hmm. 
And Dave Chappelle, people were saying that he uh, killed this affordable housing plan that was going to be in Yellow Springs. He actually went to one of the meetings in the town, which he always goes to. And he argued against the, quote, affordable housing options. That video went viral. Here it is. Hi, I'm Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I just want to say, I don't know why the village council would be afraid of litigation from a $24 million a year company while they it's out a $65 million a year company. I cannot believe you would make me audition for you. You look like clowns. I am not bluffing. I will take it all off the table. That's all. Thank you. Now, a rep of his, uh, Carla Sims, actually responded and said Dave Chappelle didn't kill affordable housing concerned residents and a responding village council killed a half-baked plan which never actually offered affordable housing. And they said that he's not opposed to affordable housing options, but the proposal in question was a sprawl-style development plan of which Dave Chappelle was not a fan. Uh, they also said, according to reports, it was supposed to be affordable housing, but it was $300,000, which is not even affordable in Yellow Springs. So that's not even affordable housing units. Yeah, we really live in a headline culture world because if you, you know, just read about that situation, then you would see that, you know, uh, the, the affordable housing was, they said, was a future possibility, not a given. And it was like one point seven five acres of land to be donated and later developed into affordable housing. But it was like, he's not even, what he's pushing back against, that's not even a part of the project. Like the, the affordable housing project they talking about would have been separate from this development that he's even pushing back against. So I don't even understand where that headline came from. Right, so, but I guess people just, you know, wanted that to go viral. All right, now, Sounded Wendy to me Williams. like it was a bunch of white people mad that a black man was flexing his power like that. That's what it sounded like to me. All right. Now, Wendy Williams, according to the bank, uh, Wells Fargo, was saying they're saying that she needs a guardianship and that she's an incapacitated person. They sent a letter to New York Supreme Court Judge Arlene Booth requesting a hearing to determine whether or not Wendy Williams needs a professional to intervene in her affairs. According to that attorney, they said we are concerned about Williams situation. It is our hope that the guardianship part of the court will imminently appoint a temporary guardian or evaluated to review the situation and ensure that Williams affairs are being properly handled. So not sure what information they have that they would believe she's not able to handle her own finances. But That's as you know, one. she's been trying to access her own accounts. Yeah, it's a tough one because you want to make sure that, you know, she is okay and that she could get her money. But then they said that she might foreclose on her property. She can't pick her staff because she can't she can't get into those accounts. So, I mean, I, I hope they handle that, that fast. But if she's okay and everything is fine and she's trying to get her money, she should be able to get her money. We also don't know. Exactly. But we also don't know the full situation. You know what I mean? It sounds to me like we're only getting a very, 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 very small part of the story. And that's why the story doesn't make any sense. But we're sending healing energy to Wendy Williams. That's what I'm doing. Well, Wendy Williams denies that she is the victim of undue influence and financial exploitation. And they have requested a temporary restraining order against Wells Fargo to restrain the bank from freezing her accounts and interfering with her right to access her financial assets and statements. All right. All right. Now, I saw this story circulating yesterday and there was a story saying that this person claims they work at worked at iHeart. But due to the vaccine mandated iHeart media not being extended last Thursday, many employees were terminated, including myself. That person claims they took snapshots from a privileged meeting and that the Breakfast Club will no longer exist and that they have a tentative list to change uh the morning show based in New York when their contract expires next spring. And they also claim to have had the salary information that they're planning to pay for the replacements. And I saw one blog posted this, but 
clearly that is a fake story. So you sure? I don't know if it's a vacation on February. I think it's true. I'm gonna be yeah, honest I was with going, you. I think it's a vacation. Have, I don't think you it's guys fake. have both signed your contracts and they don't expire. In the I don't spring, think it's do fake. They? I don't know how you can just. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can just discredit it and say it's fake. I don't think it's fake. I don't think it's fake at all. I don't even know. I don't think it's fake. I believed it when I saw it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who even bothers to do things like this, but okay. Uh, but shout out to my girl Roxy. You know, I see she was on the list um, that they said they were offering her money. A girl, Roxy it's a morning from, show. Roxy you should from get more Philly. Yeah, Roxy Romeo. Yeah, Roxy from Philly. And also, Remy. and somebody else is on there too, right? Remy, Remy Ma, mother Remy knows. Ma. Oh yeah, this is definitely true. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And I'm no. sure Remy would ask for more money as well. Yeah, Remy would ask for <laughs> money, but I 100 percent believe this story. All right, well, fact. Uh, what is it? You said fact right. or fact? Facts. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, I have no that proof is that your this rumor is not report. Real. I have no proof this story. Listen, I know real. people, everybody likes to believe everything that they read. So imagine I was going that. on vacation February 18th. Damn it, man. All right. But it's funny. People oh, keep on hitting us like, oh my God, you guys are leaving. <laughs> You're going on vacation February 18th. February 18th. You are going on vacation. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, that is what, and, and February 21st is a holiday, right? President's Day. Yeah, it's I'm President's definitely going Day. on vacation. All right. Well, that is your front, uh, your rumor report. Now we got front page news. Next, what are we talking about? Yes, and let's talk about a black man who was a FedEx uh, delivery person, and he got chased by two white men who didn't believe he deserved, he needed to be in that neighborhood. All right. We'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. The General Insurance is a quality insurance company that has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and you should take a closer look at The General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, uh, NBA trade deadline was yesterday, uh, and the biggest trade of the day was James Harden for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond, and some, what, two round? Two, two first round picks. picks. Sixers gave up a lot. Um, they did. But Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie, who's from Philly, he's a Sixers fan. He explained it. You know, it's not. What, how do you explain it, Eddie? Like the first round picks, will be, one pick will be late, another one's protected. What was it? I think uh, it first round pick for next year is not going to mean anything because the Sixers are going to be in the playoffs. So. That's it's probably like a 29th pick or something like that. Yeah. And then the next pick is uh, protected. So gotcha. if they go to the lottery, they're not going to. Gotcha. 29th pick in the first round still could be a great player, though. It still could be a player. It still yeah. could be a great player. I just feel like they gave away a lot. And Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a great piece. And Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Long. I thought you guys were talking about it. Long-term U.S. mortgage rates have hit uh, their highest in two years, 3.69%. Uh, so that is potentially bumping some home buyers out of the market with Americans getting squeezed by higher costs for just about everything. So just giving you all... Uh, it's still pretty low, though. It's low. You know, it's lower than it was the, years ago. past two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what they've been saying. They've been saying they're going to try to uh, raise interest rates on everything, on loans, uh, housing market, and that's, they're saying that'll cut down some of inflation and also cut down the fact that some of these companies and these houses are going way overpriced. So that's what they're trying to do. So it's going to hurt a lot of people. 
All right, now let's go to Brookhaven, Mississippi. Two white men are facing criminal charges. There was a black FedEx Express driver who alleges that he was chased and shot at while he was simply doing his job delivering packages. And he says when he called the police to report the shooting, they didn't even take him seriously. Now, Dame Ontario Gibson, he's 24 years old. He told CNN he was delivering packages to a home around 7 p.m. on January 24th, and he saw a white pickup truck coming from the house behind it. The truck approached him and started blowing the horn at him. Now, his van, by the way, Gibson, who was delivering the packages, his van was a Hertz rental van, and he had on, though, the FedEx jacket, shirt, and pants. But his vehicle didn't have any FedEx uh, markings on it. Now, he said he thought he was in the truck's way, so he tried to leave. But the truck swerved around him and tried to cut him off. He said at that point, his instincts kicked in and he just swerved around the guy who was trying to cut him off to get out of the neighborhood. He said he drove down the street about two or three houses. And then a man in the middle of the road pointed a gun at his vehicle and was yelling at Mm. him to stop. Gibson said he shook his head no and then hit behind the steering wheel and swerved around him. And that's when that person started firing at him at least five shots, he said. And he heard the bullets hitting the van. As he was leaving wow. the neighborhood, one of his managers called. He told the manager someone was shooting at him. She told him, get back to the station as fast as you can. And now the truck that was following him had both men inside and chased him out of Brookhaven and to the interstate. And so uh, that's what happened. Now, he did end up going to the police station to file a report and he felt like he was targeted by both of these white men because he's African-American when he was simply doing his job as a FedEx driver in full uniform when they chased him and assaulted him by gunfire. Can you imagine that happening? You're doing your job and all of this goes down. So he says he went to the police station, filed his report. Police weren't taking him seriously. One officer incorrectly repeated his statement back to him three or four times before finally getting it right. And the second officer said he was going to play devil's advocate and say, did you do anything to make them think that you were suspicious? Wow. Gibson said that was a slap in the face to him. And it actually took them eight days before they even uh, got an arrest warrant to arrest these uh, men that were shooting at him. So, yes, they are still investigating. And what they are saying is it takes a a while for an investigation to happen. But we'll keep you updated on that case because he could have lost his life just trying to actually go and deliver these packages. And they did say FedEx is voluntarily paying for Gibson's therapy also, by the way, because after that, you know, he said he's um, he's been on leave. He's on unpaid leave for something that happened on the job and he should be on paid leave. And FedEx is, however, paying for that therapy. But they don't like the way FedEx handled it either. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We're praying for that, brother. But could you imagine you trying to do your job and, and, and people start shooting at you too? And white a guys full start shooting you? FedEx uniform delivering That's packages. Wild. All right. Well, All that right. is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, uh, we got a special guest joining us. We have man. Gary Chambers Jr. Gary Chambers Jr., this brother, man, this brother is absolutely. Uh, being the change that he wants to see in politics. He's running for uh, Senator of Louisiana. All right, and we're going to kick it with him next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He's running for Louisiana Senate. Gary Chambers Jr. Yes, welcome. Peace, King. What's good, brothers? How y'all? How's it going? Blessed Black and Holly family, now, man. You're running for for uh, Louisiana Senate. Now, the video that that everybody seen 
was you smoking a little cannabis. No doubt. A little no marijuana. Doubt. No doubt. A little bit of weed. Well, no doubt. But before that, you know, your story is so interesting to me because you were just a taxpaying citizen who got fed up with politics in your city, so mm -hmm. you decided to be the change you want to see and... You know, you, you stood up at that was a school board meeting, school right? School board meeting. Yeah, that's the one that, that first went viral. Tiny. Explain that meeting. So we had uh, a school that was named after Robert E. Lee in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. And I've got a 12-year-old daughter that's in the Baton Rouge school system. And she's on a track to potentially end up at that school. Not just me, but several of my brothers and friends in the community had kids that were in this school. And we didn't want our kids to have... Uh, the name of a bigot on their high school diploma. Mm -hmm. uh, we tried in 2016 to change the name and were unsuccessful, but we kept pushing the issue. And then when George Floyd happened, the country was in this bubbling point. We went back at it again. School board member Landis brought it and we showed up at the meeting. Connie's in the meeting. Uh, black woman sitting right next to her talking and she's on the Internet shopping. It pissed me off. And I went to the mic. Well, first I took a picture of Connie because I knew she was going to lie. What was she uh, shopping? What was she shopping for? Dresses. She wow. was literally shopping for dresses while we were talking about the institutional racism that existed in that's our school crazy. system. And Baton Rouge has a school system that's 80% black, right? Mm -hmm. um, and here's this middle-aged white woman who just doesn't give a damn about what we're talking about. Mm. And so I, I did oh, what I do. Penny shopping. I All up there, you know? Uh, and so I did what I do uh, and confront the truth about what was happening and then gave historical context to what the problem was with Robert E. Lee and why his name shouldn't be on a school. It went viral for whatever the reason was. And I'm thankful for it because as someone who's been advocating in the community, the hardest part is getting the rest of the country to hear what's going on in your backyard. Um, we won that night. The name is now Liberty High School. Uh, I would have rather PBS Pinchback High School. Uh, there are no high schools in Baton Rouge named after black people. Wow. Did you ever have like any dreams of being in politics or being some type of civil Right. What did you do before this? So I own a media company, a black-owned media company in Baton Rouge, and really I had no political aspirations because I'm a high school graduate, uh, somebody who started a business with his friends and decided that I wanted to push the issues around making money. Mm -hmm. What I recognized, there was a brother named Lamar Johnson in Baton Rouge uh, who uh, a few weeks before Sandra Bland, he was said to have hung himself in Paris prison. I had this platform. I wrote a column about it. 40,000 people read it. In Baton Rouge, that's a big deal. A few months later, our dish attorney there, Hiller Moore, attempted to do this misdemeanor jail, which basically was rounding up people who had simple traffic violations and arresting them for that, right? We had 140,000 people with those in Baton Rouge. Mm. And so I thought that if you can't handle what happened with Lamar Johnson in Parish Prison, then you don't need to open a temporary jail to cart people in on. Mm. And so I wrote columns about that. People read it, showed up at a meeting. A couple of other young black men showed up at the meeting and we killed it. And that was kind of like the beginning of my journey into advocacy. Mm -hmm. It was because there was an issue in my community. I had a platform. I just spoke up. I didn't know the the overall impact would be that we would never have a misdemeanor jail in Baton Rouge again, but I never Ooh. stopped going to city council meetings. Wow. Man, that, I mean, that shows the importance of the city council meetings yeah, and, and the school board meetings and yeah, stuff like that. Talk about that, the importance of that, because a lot of us don't go to those council meetings. We ain't it, got enough time. We've been working. We're tired. We're sleepy. Me too. Me too. I think, I think that that is the easy answer to why we don't do it. But uh, what I realize is every one of us is paying taxes every day, right? right? And so when you give into the government, if you opt not to be a part of the process, you're allowing people to decide with your money to make decisions that are contrary to your beliefs. For me, if you if you mad about the potholes in your neighborhood, that's your city council member. If you mad about, you know, the lack of investment in your school system, that's your school board member. A lot of us don't even understand the different layers of government and what everybody does. 
And I know that because in running for office, people will ask you about, well, this is this issue. And it's like, I have no control over that. We got to learn the, the institutions and structures around us and then mobilize them to be powerful for us. Wow. Now, when you decided, you know, OK, I'm going to run for office after the school board meeting, what, what prompted that? Well, when Cedric Richmond took the job with President Biden, Salute to Cedric. I, I had a platform and an opportunity and really people around the country and around Louisiana asked me to run. I wasn't looking at that at all. I was looking at this U.S. Senate mm -hmm. race. We decided to run for Congress because it was like, this is an opportunity we didn't think was going to open up. Cedric went and took the job. Let's go for it. I'm proud of the race we ran. We raised uh, $500,000 in a three-month period. That's amazing for a candidate like me in that race. Uh, we came within 1,500 votes of winning that election with a grassroots people power movement. And to put that into perspective, the opposition raised millions of dollars and spent their first TV buy was six figures, right? Wow. We spent $30,000 on TV and came within 1,500 votes wow. right? because of the people power that we built on the ground. This time around, we have a deeper understanding of the science and the art of politics that we do need to be in the media spaces. So we got to raise the capital to do that. But we, we know that we know how to touch uh, the communities and people in the state of Louisiana in a way that other people don't. I wanted to ask you, because you named a couple of examples. When did Gary Chambers Jr., first realized, first, just in life, that your voice could actually change something. So I'm an ordained minister and always knew that at some point God would use my voice to speak to his people. Uh, my campaign slogan is do good and seek justice, which is Isaiah 1 and 17. Do good, seek justice, help the widow, the orphan, the oppressed, and the poor. I live by that. And this is really just an opportunity for me every time to live out my faith. Jesus was about healing the sick, right? Mm. And if he came and healed the sick, then why isn't Medicare for all good for us? Mm. If that was a, a, a structure of our faith that we believe he could redeem, then we also have to have the knowledge to understand that medicine works, science works, and if we're paying into a system, the church get 10% of the money from some of the people. The government get 30% of the money from all the people. Mm -hmm. They should be producing solutions in healthcare for the people of this country. Boy, Gary, you've been cheating, man. <laughs> you're an ordained minister and you got a background in media. They ain't even see you coming. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> now, you recently went viral for uh, you announced that you were running for Louisiana Senate and you were smoking some weed. No doubt. Talk about that. I think that we wanted to cut through the noise. I do smoke cannabis. It's not uh, something that should be controversial anymore. 68% of people in Louisiana believe that cannabis should be legalized recreationally. Mm -hmm. And in order to make sure that we destigmatize a lot of these things, People who have platform influence, whatever that is, they need to use that platform and influence to steer a conversation. It worked. It did cut through the noise and it got us to talk about the real issues around uh, Louisiana and cannabis. You got folks in Angola Penitentiary right now who are serving what amounts to a life sentence for basically simple possession of marijuana. Mm. That's wrong. While people in California, Illinois and other places, New York is going to come online. People going to make millions of dollars. But you got folks still sitting in jail for it. That's not right. You know, I saw that video and I said, man, Gary is such a threat to people. They might try to lock him up. For smoking the weed on the field. I went to I went to the most legal place in Louisiana you could go to do it. Uh and and, and help pass the policies in New Orleans last August. Uh shout out to City Council President Helena Moreno, who brought a piece of legislation that basically, if the police stop you in New Orleans and give you the citation, that it's automatically pardoned by the city council. Mm -hmm. So that's a new legislation that they use to work around uh the state policies that basically say you can't have it. Now, somebody told me that uh, you were supposed to say something in the video 
But you got so high that you couldn't even uh, nah, record man. after. Nah, <laughs> man. Nah, man. We always ready. Always ready. All right, we got more with Gary Chambers Jr. When we come back, he's running for Louisiana Senate. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Gary Chambers Jr. He's running for Louisiana Senate. Charlemagne? You know, you you also just uh you did something that that I, I I did some years ago, but they wouldn't let me air it on television. You you burned the Confederate flag. Cause, you know, I'm from South Carolina, mm-hmm. so after you know that that devil Dylan Roof, you know, murdered the Emanuel Nine, he was holding up the Confederate flag and his pictures and everything, and then you know, Bree Newsom scaled the pole to bring the flag down. So I actually took the flag and shredded it on one of my t- talk shows back in the day on MTV, but if they wouldn't they, let they wouldn't let it air. Like we shredded it, threw it up as confetti and everything, but you actually burned it in your video. Set it on fire. Wow. What, what prompted that? Eric on my team came to me and said that he thought we should build a conversation around race in America and we should burn the Confederate flag. As Soon as he said it, I said, yeah, because everything we are dealing with in the American government right now that is inequitable is rooted in the Confederacy. We're watching people right now in every uh, state in the South attempt to disenfranchise black voters. Mm -hmm. I live in a House district that the the legislature is attempting to gerrymander right now to put the community I've lived in my whole life in a district that connects to a community that has no similarities between each other. Right. And all of it's rooted in the heritage of bigotry and racism. It's been since 1873. And, And paint this picture now. 1873. Uh, you have PBS Pinchback, who is a black man elected to the United States Senate. He's never seated. OK, prior to that, he's the president of the Louisiana State Senate. Mm-hmm. Black folk run around here talking about not voting and not participating in the process. When one of the first things we did, it wasn't just go build businesses. It was elect a ton of black folks to state legislatures in South Carolina, Mississippi, Louisiana. Louisiana had all these black men there. We had uh, Oscar Dunn was the lieutenant governor of Louisiana, dark-skinned black man, right? And this image was shown to all of these people in the state of Louisiana. And I post this, uh, whenever I go live, I have an image behind me of these men. And you end up with a government that then builds a litany of structures to prevent that image from ever existing. Mm -hmm. PBS Pinchback becomes the governor of Louisiana because Oscar Dunn dies. Pinchback becomes the governor. He's the governor for like 30 days. It's a hundred years before Douglas Wilder becomes the governor of Virginia. Wow. When we talk about black history, these people were methodical. Once they recognized the power of the black vote immediately after emancipation, they did everything they could to strip us of our power. Mm-hmm. And now we just giving it away. Mm-hmm. We 50% of us showing up. Ain't 50% of us paying the taxes. And so when when you talk about burning the Confederate flag, for me, it's like until we burn the remnants of the Confederacy from every piece of legislation that's in this government, we're going to continue to have problems. Whether you look at cannabis legislation rooted in racism, you look at uh, the housing issues we have rooted in racism and redlining. You look at the banking issues we have rooted in racism and not giving us loans from uh, the GI Bill and all of those things. Every system and structure of this country was designed around racist policies to prevent equity. What you're talking about, you know, even with burning the flag, it's, it's what I like to call the decrackification of America. Mm. And, I, and I and I liken it to the denazification in Germany because we're still a country that still celebrates the Confederacy. So essentially we're celebrating white supremacy. We're celebrating oppression, like everything from Robert E. Lee schools, sc- schools named after him and highways or Strom Thurmond highways or the Confederate flag, all of that. So, yes, you got to get rid of all of that, all of that imagery. Because substance, substance and symbolism matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me why you even put up Robert E. Lee 
schools in the 40s and 50s. That's Not right, right after That's right. He, he died, right? You wait a decade because you use it as a fear <clears throat> tactic against people in our community. And then you had black folks going to schools with people waving Confederate flags until the, the, the early 2000s. That's right. You know, like literally there are schools in Louisiana that until the last decade had separated proms. Even when you talk about Im imagery and symbolism, you think about a movie like Birth of a Nation in 1915. There's a scene where they show all of these black elected officials just basically being ratchet as hell, barefoot, you know, drinking whiskey, eating fried chicken all crazy because they wanted to show the image of this is what happens if you vote black people in the office. And they do it every day. You know, I grew up in North Baton Rouge. I grew up middle class black. You know, uh, I don't have the story of people robbing and stealing and killing in my neighborhood. And my neighborhood was 100 percent black. But we don't tell those stories when we talk about black communities. And they're in every every city in this country, they exist. But all we talk about is the zip codes where the problems are. But the zip codes where the problems are exist because you won't deal with the structural issues in communities. Mm. Mm. So if when you're elected to Louisiana Senate, what's what what is your I like how you said that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like absolutely. when you're elected. What's the first thing that you're gonna do? Well, one of the first things is to really figure out how do we move the economy forward to work for working class people? If we give people the, the ability to feed their family, I trust the genius of the human capacity that they can produce for themselves a better outcome. Uh, I think we also have to look at the government structures that exist. I thought Biden's Build Back Better plan was something that would have helped a lot of people. We got to figure out how do you structure policy and get it passed. You got to extend the margins in the Senate. Having somebody like me increases the ability to decrease the power of somebody like Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. And so the election of me here, Charles Booker, Mandela Barnes, Val Demings, all of these people is critically important because that is the only way we end up in the capacity to make sure that our voices aren't muted in the Senate. There have only been 11 people, black folks, in the history of this country to serve in the U.S. Senate. You have the capacity to send four or five more in November. And so regardless of how pissed off you are with Biden or what you feel about the administration isn't doing, you have the capacity to, to enhance the checks and balances right now by sending people there that can help us pass something. Now, people <laughs> would say on a local level, right, when it comes to some of the things that you name, whether it's cannabis, right? Or, you know, cannabis, they say, OK, we'll give you they'll give certain people licenses, but then you need liquid. And, and most of our people don't have the liquid for it. So mm -hmm. we have to partner up with, you know, a white person that has the liquid. So it's really not our business. So you talk about real estate and they say, OK, you know, you could build in these places. But to build in these places is not just black people building these places. So what happens is a lot of the white people that come in there and they, they develop in those places. So we really have nothing. So as local, how are you going to help the people locally to make sure that they can have businesses, that they, they can create generational wealth and that they can have better school systems. How, how do you uh, plan on attacking that? Well, I think one of the major things, a U.S. senator has a whole lot of influence and power, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and to be able to leverage the resources that you're going to bring into the state to make sure that when those policies come in, they're equitable. Once cannabis is legalized around the country, uh, there's going to be federal subsidies for that. There's going to be federal resources attached to that. How do we build those policies to ensure that whatever those subsidies are, are attached to an equitable premise? Mm -hmm. that, that we ensure that if you're going to get this money, you got to commit X, X amount of dollars to be spent with black and minority businesses. Uh, you have to commit to uh, how these partnerships are structured, that not minority partners, that they need to be majority partners on these things and figure out the way that we build that equity. And then really using the bully pulpit. One of the most powerful things that a legislator can do uh, is use their voice. And a lot of times they're scared to speak out on certain issues. They don't want to offend nobody. I don't really care about pissing people off. I care about getting stuff done. And so if it means that I upset you in order to get you to do what needs to be done legislatively, then I'm going to call you out and do that. And committing to freeing all of those people that they, those 
brothers and Absolutely. sisters that Absolutely. locked up food Absolutely. all over the country. Absolutely. President Biden needs to do everything in his power at this point to do good on the things he said in the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Decriminalizing cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legalizing they're, they're, it, though. What he committed to is decriminalized. So yeah, yeah. for me, I fully support legalizing, mm-hmm. but at least do what you said you was yeah. going to do. All right, we got more with Gary Chambers Jr. When we come back, he's running for Louisiana Senate. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Gary Chambers Jr. He's running for Louisiana Senate. Charlemagne. One thing you mentioned about all of these Senate seats that are up for grabs, you know, this year, all these people that's running for Senate. The problem I have with Democrats is they don't speak out against the senators that are holding up progress, mm. like the cinemas and the mansions. And they're not speaking up for the people who are running for these Senate seats that could probably, you know, tip the balance of power. So you look at Senator John Kennedy, who you're running against. He already got the endorsement of, of, of Trump, right? Well, you're trying to unseat him. Why do you think Democrats aren't speaking up for people like you? We do. We we actually need the Democratic Party in the state of Louisiana right yep. now to make sure we're the only candidate in the race. We That's know right. we've raised more money than everybody else. We've clearly built a national conversation. Uh, the Democratic Central Senate Central Committee should join us uh, and prioritize Louisiana. Louisiana is a state of four million people. That's Houston. If the DNC can't invest in Louisiana and flip Louisiana, fold the tent up and close the whole thing up. <laughs> close the whole thing up. Because right. if you can tell me that you can flip Texas, mm-hmm. but you can't get Louisiana, and Louisiana has a Democrat as governor, it's because you're not making that investment. And mm-hmm. so, for me, I think that what we're trying to do is show what is a new age of politics. That you can be free in your ideology and your thought process. You can tell the truth. You can represent the people. And you can look good while you do so. None of my content is ever going to be like cookie cutter stuff. We intend to shock your senses. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to apologize for that because the only way I'm going to get you to pay attention to the state that's ranked 50th in the nation is if I shock your senses. Um, and if that gets you to pay attention to the fact that I live in a state that's 50th in crime, 47th in the uh, economy, mm-hmm. uh, 49th in the environment, 46th in healthcare. To say that that's a place that we need to make investment, then I'm gonna keep doing it all year long. You think this old establishment that is Democrats will accept somebody like a Gary Chambers Jr.? I don't really look for acceptance. Mm-hmm. I get elected, they ain't got no choice. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my vote, I'm gonna use that the way that I believe that it's supposed to be used to help my pe- the people of my state. What about uh, Cedric? Is Cedric showing up? You? Uh, you know, me and Cedric have. We got we to put the pressure on him if, <laughs> if need be now. Me and Cedric have a, a decent enough relationship. I don't know if he was thrilled that I ran against Troy, uh, but Troy and I, who the new congressman, Congressman Troy Carter, we have a great relationship. We mm-hmm. built that through the campaign trail. Uh, I've got a great deal of respect for Cedric. Uh, he's limited in his capacity because he works for the White House, um, but there are people who I hope that he can nod his head to and say, you know what, I think the brother's the right person to be in this position. And I think that what Whatever the people of Louisiana do, we have to ask ourselves, especially black folk, how long are we going to help elect people uh, who continue to disappoint us? Right now, we're dealing with the Ronald Green case in Louisiana, black man killed by Louisiana State Police, mm-hmm. text messages found by Governor John Bell Edwards to have known the details of what happened to this brother. We need to ensure that when we put our vote behind somebody, uh, Democrat, Republican, whatever you are, that you deliver for us. That's right. And what I like about you, man, you know, First of all, Democrats' messaging sucks. Horrible. Yours is very clear. You know why? They don't understand where the pulse of the people is. That's right. They spend so much time in these boxes debating policy, and that is the job, okay? That you are not in touch with the community in a way. There's no other politician in America that would have smoked weed in a video right. or burned the Confederate flag in the first two ads that they did. That's right. Yet both of those, we raised six figures yesterday. Wow. Six figures yesterday from that flag. Not because I don't believe the majority of people are racist. 
And the majority of people want us to move beyond that. But we allow a certain group of people to dominate the conversation. And Dr. King told us about the white moderate. That's right. All right? That, they, that they were almost as bad as the Ku Klux Klaner. And so we allow those people to steal too much of the conversation. And that's why we don't produce no change. How can people donate? Because you, you talk about donating. How can people donate? In- Chambersforlouisiana.com. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I'm definitely donating. Uh, I'm 100% donating. And I appreciate that because it is a winnable race. Mm-hmm. The, the truth is, if black folk and brown folk and white folk in Louisiana could elect John Bell Edwards twice, 2015 and 2019, then that is proof a Democrat can win in this state. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, in the second blackest state in America, why is it that there's been a 100 years since a black person has been elected statewide in that state? And we need to do everything in our power this year to redeem what is wrong in that. And and I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to promise you or you or anybody else that I'm never going to make a mistake. I'm never going to say something I shouldn't have said or step out of line. But what I will promise is that I'll be accountable to the people and show up about the issues that I say I'm going to show up for. Do you need white people to vote for you to win? Absolutely. We, we Let me say this. We need all people to vote mm-hmm. for us. But the truth is, John Kennedy was elected with 536,000 votes. There are 1.2 million black folks in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. How many votes was it? 536,000 votes is how much John Kennedy was elected with. There are 1.2 million black people in Louisiana. Wow. More of us. That can vote. That can vote. It's interesting to me, man, because, you know, being from South Carolina, a lot of times it's habits that a lot of these people just end up back into these seats, right? So when I saw what Stacey Abrams did in Georgia, I'm like, man, I think we can change things in these southern places, man. The, the South is where it's at. You know, I have this this logic of a new black South, and uh, I need y'all to go ahead and uh, switch your residency to a southern state. I know you're going to do your business in New York, but the best capacity for black people in America to flip political power and financial power is by moving back to the South. How much was 60 percent of all black people in America? 55, 60 percent of black folks yeah. live in the South. Right. Uh, we are never going to flip California. We never going to flip New York. There's four million people in Louisiana. If another 400,000 black folks move to that state, we increase the voting population. Mm-hmm. When you talk about billionaires, and we love to talk about black wealth and all the money we get, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Oprah, Jordan, all those billionaires, I love the fact that they're billionaires. But you know what the government has every year? In Louisiana, that's a $30 billion a year budget that we get to put a governor over to make decisions about $30 billion a year that we could do in six or seven states, right? Mm-hmm. You go from three black U.S. senators, and you can count Tim Tim Scott out, you know, because he don't really vote for nothing rid of us. So <laughs> uh, you, can, you can go from three black U.S. senators to potentially seven, eight black U.S. senators, mm-hmm. potentially 16 if you go eight states where we get two black senators in both of those. That's a block of the U.S. Senate. When you talk about trillions of dollars of impact right. that you get to influence— it is a hard task that we have put on Cory Booker and Raphael Warnock because that's two black folk in a room with 80 plus other people that are not people of color. Mm-hmm. And we are asking them to make those people mm-hmm. give a damn about us. We need to send them some reinforcements. Mm-hmm. We, and, and we do that by being strategic. Everybody ain't going to move to the South. I understand that. I'm not asking everybody to move to the South. But if you can send your kids to college in the South and tell your kids start mm-hmm. their family in the South, mm-hmm. if those who have resources can can live in multiple places, buy you a property and vote in the South. Ask this question. Who does Jay-Z and Beyonce have more influence over? Uh, Gavin Newsom in California 
or John Bell Edwards or K. Ivy in Louisiana and Alabama. Mm-hmm. John Bell Edwards, K. Ivy gonna lose their mind if the queen calls. That's right. You know, right. Gavin Newsom talking to popular people all the time because he's the governor of California, 60 million people in his state. I think they got property in Louisiana too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, there was some property in New Orleans that, uh, I don't know, I think they recently sold the property. Okay. I think that's the one that burned down on one time. Yeah. yeah. But even even with that, like donate some finances. I mean, look how, look how close Jamie Harrison came to, you know, unseating We uh, can do this, Lizzie man. Graham. It, what we need is black America to stand up in a way that is substantial for us financially, that gives us the power to go win this. We know that we can mobilize the people. We just got to have the resource to do it. And no black candidate, Cleo Fields in Louisiana was the last black person uh, in 1996 to have a real shot at running against somebody statewide. We got that opportunity if we got the resources. So where can they donate to your campaign? Yeah, tell us again. Tell us Chambersforlouisiana.com. You can follow us on all the social medias at Gary Chambers Jr. I'm going to make a donation now. And tell us the other people who are running. I know you said... Uh... You have Malcolm Kenyatta in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Val Demings in Florida. You have Charles Booker in Kentucky. You have... Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. All of these people are running for the U.S. Senate right now. And if they have the financial support and the capacity, uh, they can win. And and also, Senator Warnock is running for re-election and Stacey Abrams is running for the governor of Georgia. And we need to do everything we can to support those people to get them there. Chambersforlouisiana.com. Go make a donation right now, man. That's right. It's Gary Chambers Jr. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. All right. Well, a lot of excitement building up over the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And Dr. Dre was at the press conference yesterday and he was um, talking about what's going to be happening for the halftime show. And here is what he had to say about what's going to be happening, wardrobe malfunctions and things like that. Can we look forward to any surprises? I'm not talking about that. Yes. Yes. But I'm not going to talk about it. So there will be surprises. Absolutely. There won't be any wardrobe malfunctions, though. If that's what no, you want. Snoop, I'm going to need you to keep your shirt on, all right? I may I may not. <laughs> no, I have to talk Snoop and Eminem out of pulling their penises out. Whoa! <laughs> okay. It's especially Eminem. Right. Okay. Envy doesn't want to like watch that? now. Envy doesn't want to watch now. <laughs> no, you don't want to watch. No shirtless men, no penises Yeah, you out. said earlier... You didn't want to watch if that wasn't happening. That is true. But I hear... I would like... I mean, that would be incredible, right? Like, that would be like... That would make Janet Jackson's breast look like nothing if Eminem pulled his penis out on stage. That would ensure no rappers ever perform at Super Bowl halftime shows (laughs) ever again. Right? (laughs) That would definitely... All right, now, as far... As far as the performances and any surprises, here's what Dr. Dre had to say. We're going to open more doors for um, hip-hop artists in the future and making sure that the NFL understands that this is what it should have been a long time ago. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, we're going to show exactly how professional we can be, how dope we can be on stage, and how ex- how exciting we're going to be to the fans. So, we're going to let you know what it is. I don't like the professional part of that statement. You know what I mean? Because that sounds like uh, respectability politics in a way. Like, oh, we're going to show you that rappers can be professional. We know rappers are professional. You're a billionaire, Dre. You've proven that already. You know what I mean? Go out there and do your thing. I can't wait to watch personally. We ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. Mm. They late, if you ask me. The NFL's late. They're all late. We don't have nothing to prove to anybody on, uh, on that stage on Sunday. 
All right. Well, there is rumors going around, though, that 50 will be making a surprise appearance on that stage. So I saw that's what a lot of people are saying. HHDX has said it. Hip Hop DX has said it also. So we'll see what happens. It would but only it make makes sense. sense, right? It would yeah, only it would make sense. Make sense. Mm-hmm. It would only make sense. Like you cannot. I mean, even when I saw that lineup, and I was like, "Damn, why Fifty not a part of this?" I mean, salute to Kendrick, and you know, of course, the Queen Mary J. Blige, but Fifty should definitely be up there. Absolutely, and he's in town, by the way. All so right, now, we'll see. Now Eminem did a sit down with Sway on Shay Forty Five, and he talked about some things. Like, first of all, did you know he's nervous? Hey, I'm gonna tell you, it's nerve wracking. Okay, hey. nerve wracking. Like this is like this to to me. It's like there's nothing more final than live TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, if you fuck up, your fuck up is there forever. He's done live TV before and before and before, but I guess this is the biggest stage, right? That's what they say. Man. You can still get nervous. Of course. Anxiety should be natural in a case like this, but nobody on that stage has anything to prove to anyone at all. And then he's excited to be on stage with, with Kendrick Lamar, and here's what he had to say about K-Dot. Kendrick is... Uh, at the very top, top tier of lyricists, not just to this generation, but of all time. That's a fact. No lie told. All right, and Mary J. Blige sat down with the crew show. I mean, everybody's doing their rounds right now because we are so excited for this halftime show. And here's what she had to say about uh, her performance. And as you know, they don't get paid for this. All the production costs are taken care of, but these artists don't get paid. Here's what she had to say. You know, they always say you don't get paid to do the Super Bowl. Is that what's happening? That It's just a major look, right? I mean, I'm not trying to get into Listen, your you're going to be paid for the rest of your life off of this. Off of this. Yes, man. People are going to be knocking at you. Listen, it opens so many you, doors. You don't have to pay me. But if no. he was paying, it, it would be a lot of money. You know, this is opportunity of a lifetime. Man. Eminem says that and lose yourself. This is opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> you feel me? You yeah. better lose yourself. Yeah, you better lose yourself. <laughs> for real. In the moment. Let's not get it yeah. twisted. Mary has an album that comes out uh, today, and so does Snoop. So the streaming numbers are going to be through the roof. That was well planned. What song is Mary going to do? Remember Mary was trying to pick which song she wanted to do? Family Affair. I wanted to do Real Love. Yeah, she got you. That's a Dr. 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 Dre produced produced one, one. Yeah, I wanted to do Real Love, I wanted to do Real Love, man. Imagine hip-hop version. No, I wanted to do the regular version with the the lunchroom table beat. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Introduce I that to a whole version. new generation. What the hip hop version? Next year, the next year the NFL should have uh, Mary J. Blige do her own Super Bowl halftime show because she could do her own Super Bowl halftime show by herself. If Katy Perry could do a halftime show, Mary J. Blige absolutely, positively can. Absolutely. And- and flashing back to 50 Cent, by the way, I just want to give a shout out to Power Book 4 Force. That's the one that stars Joseph Secure as uh, Tommy. That got 3.3 million multi-platform Jesus views Christ. in the wow. U.S. across Stars Linear on Sunday. So that is the most watched premiere ever in Stars' history. And have, that's wow. based only on early numbers. So shout out to them for that. Yeah, I'm going to catch crazy. up with that this weekend. Drop on the clues box for 50, man. We're really not giving 50 the respect he deserved for what he's done in that TV space, man. He's like the black. He's like the black Dick Wolf when it comes to these uh these 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 black crime crime stories. And he has so much more on the table. That's the crazy part. He has about four or five shows coming. Mm-hmm. And he put stars on the map. The fact that he went to stars, a network that you know people weren't really checking for, launched Power. Now he got this whole Power universe and BMF. Come on, man. That's it's it's, it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented for anybody to do that. Definitely had to shout out 50 for that. And they said Power Book 4 forced that premiere coupled with Power Book 2 Ghost Season 2 finale on Sunday broke records. It is the wow. most watched day ever on the Stars app with those two things combined. Nothing but respect. Mm-hmm. Nothing but.
All right, that's your rumor report. All right, Charlemagne, who are you giving your dog to? You know, for after the hour, man, we need to uh, talk to this middle school in Connecticut, Connecticut called John F. Kennedy Middle School. Um, and we'll, let's talk Pizzagate. Yeah, you haven't heard that. Haven't heard that that phrase in a while, right? We'll talk about All it. Right. All right, we'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. The General Insurance is a quality insurance company that has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and you should take a closer look at The General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Charlemagne, say the gang, dunk it under Charlemagne. You are a donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit it with the heat. Yeah, it's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Well, donkey of the day for Friday, February 11th, goes to John F. Kennedy Middle School in Connecticut. In particular, a teacher named Bree Quarton. Uh, she's the district's health and physical education coordinator and superintendent, Christopher Driesick. I think I'm pronouncing his last name right now. I have extreme love for public school teachers. Drop on the clues bombs for all the public school teachers out there. Because my mother has been a public school teacher in South Carolina for as long as I've been alive. And I understand the impact that public school teachers have on kids. And I know how hard that job is because you have to truly love it. Because it's not like the pay is your incentive. I mean, you have to really care for these kids and their well-being. Lesson plans, assignments, all of these things teachers come up with to educate kids. We appreciate you. Drop another clues bomb for teachers, man, public school teachers. We know it's not easy. And in this era of social media, video games, all types of things, just pulling at these kids' attention, cutting through to these children and creating things that can actually appeal to these kids is tough. So I'm not judging. Okay, but as a parent of a middle schooler, I would be concerned about this lesson plan that came out of JFK Middle School. I'm holding it in my hand right now. Okay, and the title is Pizza in Consent. Okay, basically kids at JFK uh, Middle School in Connecticut were instructed to use pizza as a metaphor for sex and asked to cite their favorite toppings. For example, cheese was for kissing and olives were for giving oral. Basically, they compared ordering a pizza to receiving consent. I, I can't make this kind of stuff up. Listen to Eric Sanzi, Director of Outreach for Parents Defending Education. She did an interview with ABC 7 KATV to describe the assignment. The assignment started out with a with a sentence that said, yes, pizza can be a metaphor for sex. And then it went on to explain that just like when friends have to agree on pizza toppings when they're sharing a pizza, that people need to agree on what they're willing to do and not do in terms of consent. Huh? And so they decided to have the students list their sexual likes and dislikes and then draw them on a pizza as pizza toppings. Now, again, these are eighth graders and it's important to keep in mind under 15% of eighth graders have had sex. So they're being asked very personal questions on a topic that many of them are totally inexperienced with and likely uncomfortable talking about in school. This is middle school. How many toppings do you think I've had on my pizza in middle school? Now, now I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I enjoy a great conspiracy theory. And Pizzagate was a great conspiracy theory. You remember Pizzagate, don't you? Huh? The false allegation uh, that the Clintons used the Comet Ping Pong Pizza Restaurant in Washington, D.C. as a front for a pedophile sex ring in the back room was supposedly used for kidnapping and, kidnapping and trafficking children. 
Okay, now, of course, all of this was proven to be false, but it made a lot of noise, all right? The owner of Comet uh, Ping Pong and his staff received death threats. Uh, people protested outside of the restaurant. A guy actually went in the restaurant and fired a gun at an employee. See, these fake stories be having real-world consequences, okay? People believe these conspiracy theories, and when you promote these false and reckless conspiracy theories, bad things happen. I'm saying all that to say JFK Middle School in Connecticut has done nothing but contributed to that conspiracy theory. I don't even know if Pizzagate is still a thing, but this right here is going to resurrect it. All right, listen, my daughter is in eighth grade. She's 13. These kids are watching shows like Euphoria. These kids have social media. These kids talk amongst each other. Do you remember when you were 13, 12, 11, whatever age we were in middle school, we was already talking about sex in a real way. So I can only imagine with all the access these kids have now what their conversations are like. So you don't need stunts like this. Just talk to the kids, okay? Just talk to them, all right? Listen, let me let me read y'all some of this. This is why they use the metaphor for sex. They say when you order your pizza with friends, everyone checks in about each other's preferences. Some people might be vegan. Some people uh, might be gluten-free. Others might love pineapple, while others prefer pepperoni. Some might not like pizza at all. If you're a vegetarian but your friend is a meat lover, sharing a pizza is going to bring up a lot of issues. You don't know who you can share your pizza with unless you ask. Okay, didn't they say the same goes with sex? No. What are they, what are they talking about? With the, 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 the metaphor doesn't make no sense. The correlation makes no sense. You have to check in with your partners and ask for their preferences. Your partner might be comfortable with one sexual activity but not another. Maybe your partners only want to be touched a certain way. Or maybe your partners prefer to use certain language. Or maybe they don't want to have sex at all. You'll never know your wants, desires, and, and you'll never know if your wants, desires, and boundaries are compatible with theirs unless you ask. No. I don't want y'all asking my daughter about any of that. And once again, furthermore, how many toppings do you think these kids have had in middle school? Middle school, I would hope these kids are virgins. Okay, just plain cheese pizzas. Matter of fact, no cheese, no tomato sauce, just raw dough. You know, that hasn't even been put in the oven yet. All right? Amanda, who is a parent from that school district, took to social media to express her disgust with the assignment. Let's listen to Amanda. Just last week, a school assignment in JFK labeled Pizza and Consent was sent out for students. What's pizza got to do with it, you wonder? We can use pizza as a metaphor for sex. Those are the first two lines of this assignment, which is centered around establishing consent and boundaries. Except for page two, where it takes it one step further and states, now that you know the metaphor for sex, let's explore your preference. Draw and color your favorite type of pizza. Mirror these preferences in relation to sex. Here are some examples, likes, Cheese equals kissing. Dislikes, no. olives equals giving oral. Since when has it become acceptable for a teacher to ask a student what their sexual wants, desires, and boundaries are? Maybe our board members would like to answer this assignment and share their thoughts, just like our eighth grade students were requested to do. Now, of course, the school is currently backtracking. Superintendent Christopher Driesick says it was a mistake and the assignment has had been inadvertently sent to the students. Basically, they are claiming they sent the pizza to the wrong house. Okay, he said while the assignment was inappropriate, there was no hidden agenda. He said while addressing the parents, there was no secret cabal to indoctrinate kids on something. Let me tell you, man, if, you know, you have to you know, explain that there's no secret cabal to indoctrinate kids. If a school superintendent has to explain that, all right, then my kids might be in the wrong school. All right. An explanation like that is just, I don't know, man. I, I, I just feel like this assignment is prompting kids to become sexually active before their time. And what does pizza have to do with consent? I still don't even know that. All right, choosing what to put on your pizza when you are ordering with a group is hard enough by itself. Now you're trying to make it a metaphor for sex? And even after it's been explained, I still don't know what any of this has to do with consent. All right? 
just talk to these kids. They're young adults. Speak to them as such. I promise they can handle it. But pizza, as a metaphor for consent, they cannot. And what's the topping for anal? Huh? Please give uh, John F. Kennedy Middle School in Connecticut the biggest he, huh? My kids ain't eating pizza no more. <laughs> That's what you got out of that? That's what you got out of that? That's what huh? I got out of that. That's what you got out of that? Chicken fingers and french pizza? fries all day long. Jesus Christ. And what is the topic? Hey. For what anal? is the topic for anal? Now, this, this, that, can y'all? T- can, I just want to know. I just want to know. I just want to because they only put two. They put cheese and they put olives. Uh, olives. No, olives was oral sex, and cheese was kissing. I would like to know what y'all had the topping for anal. Hmm. Probably peppers. Hmm. I would say jalapeno peppers. Jalapenos. Yeah, no jalapeno brown peppers. sauce or nothing like that. I would say jalapeno peppers because everybody don't love jalapeno peppers, right? Huh? What's something on a pizza that people don't? Uh, pineapple. I would think pineapples. Because everybody doesn't get pineapples on their pizza. You know what I mean? What'd you, mushroom? Nah, everybody likes mushrooms. Everybody don't like it. Ugh. You know what? Never mind. All right, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes. I don't, I, yeah. I don't agree now, with this. Now, now, what are we doing? Are we asking people, do, do they agree with this? What they think about this method of teaching kids I, about sex in eighth grade? I don't see any parents agreeing with this lesson plan. And also, too, man, I think we underestimate how smart these kids are. So when you're talking to these young kids in middle school, you can talk to them like young adults. You can just have conversations with them, you know, uh, about sex. I don't know if I want any teacher talking to my kids about sex. I just think no. that's a parental conversation. But I agree. I agree. And then you never know. Like Eighth grade might not be the time because myself, I was a late bloomer. So, you know, eighth grade, I wasn't thinking about sex. I was thinking about basketball. No, I was thinking about You didn't even think about sex? No, I was thinking about, about sex yeah. in no eighth grade. No, I was a late bloomer. I was, I had you glasses, thinking about braces. It. Yeah, you, but you, thinking about, okay, let me rephrase yeah, that. You have the friends it, that would bring the playboys to the school and the trapper keepers. You yeah, know what bro. I mean? Right, you weren't five, about to have sex, but you you thought about it. Yeah, I was five foot two. I had glasses, braces. I was short. I wasn't, I wasn't, I had pimples all over my face. That wasn't something I was ever thinking about. You thought about it. We are, so on, in stop. other words, other people weren't thinking about having sex with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, she, you <laughs> are evil. Gracious, she. You are really evil. Now you just triggered me. <laughs> Jesus. Now I'm triggered. Now I'm about to cry. But like, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Gosh, you just hurt my feelings. I'm about to cry. Say sorry. I'm not performing. Sorry. Right? Kanye West. Okay, there we go. 800-585-1051. What is the question? What are we asking people? Um, Do y'all agree with this lesson plan? Pizza and consent. I just want to know what parents think. That's all. Simple as that. All right. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, Charlemagne gave Donkey today to who? Uh, the John F. Kennedy Middle School in Connecticut, they have a lesson plan called Pizza and Consent, okay, where basically they use pizza as a metaphor for sex, and they ask students to cite their favorite toppings. For example, cheese was kissing, olives were giving oral. Oh, my right. God. So we're asking 800-585-1051, what are your thoughts on this practice? Me, no, don't. I don't want you teaching my kids anything about sex, and especially when it comes to pizzas. Like, now, every time I, my kids eat a, a slice of pizza, 
they're gonna be thinking about anal oral and all that other stuff no no yeah, no no it feels like nobody thought this through right because it's middle school kids i feel like you know those guys those kids are young adults and you can just simply have a conversation with them you know what i'm saying if you want to teach them about consent and everything else and also you know you had to keep in mind the conspiracy theory Pizzagate when you put this together. You know what I mean? Pizzagate was when, you know, it was the false allegation that the Clintons were using a restaurant in D.C. as a front for a pedophile sex ring. Like, come on. You got to know what kind of bad headlines stuff like this is going to create. Yeah, um, no, I say no. What do you say? I think the best thing to do is be direct and use the real words so that kids know how to use that language in real life. And instead of having to go around things and feel like certain things are taboo and thinking you're not supposed to say those things. I agree. Just have a conversation with the kids. Like, we don't need no metaphors for sex. You know what I mean? You don't have to tell me olives is oral. You don't have to tell me cheese is kissing. That's too confusing. By the way, you know how hard it is to order a pizza with a group of friends? When it's like four or five of y'all and one eats pepperoni and one don't eat pork and the other one's lactose intolerant so they don't want cheese. Am I got time for all that? All right. Complicating well, already complicated issue. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Janet. Hey, Janet, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I I think that was a bit much. Like, the extra teacher should not be asking 13-year-olds what they like for sex, especially not as a pizza metaphor. That was a terrible metaphor, honestly. And I thought that was just completely inappropriate because I don't want nobody asking my 13-year-old daughter what she likes for sex. They shouldn't even be thinking about that in eighth grade. Word. And, and what is the consent part? What is the, Where does that come into play? That's a good question. That is a good question because, honestly, I'm, first of all, you're not even old enough to consent to anything at 13. Or in eighth grade, so that should have been that. All, the whole conversation just should have been null and void because that nobody, no, no thirteen year old can consent to, uh, to anything at that age. I agree. Thank you, Mama. Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Liz Reader. I am a teacher driving to school, listening to the morning show, and cannot believe what the heck kind of assignment was given to students on metaphors and pizza and sex. I'm going to defend teachers a little bit and say sometimes we are told we have to teach things that we don't think are appropriate because districts say this is the curriculum and you need to teach it. Mm -hmm. But second of all, if you're a teacher, you know beforehand what you're going to be giving students and you better know what you're teaching. <laughs> if you have problems with it, that's when you go to your administration because parents nowadays eat you up for anything that you say to kids. So... It's shame on both the teacher and the district for having an assignment like that. Yeah. And parents mm. look to teachers to do the right thing. And an assignment like that, completely inappropriate for eighth grade. What, gra what, what grade Nobody's do you teach? I want to eat pizza. I teach elementary. I'm a second grade Oh, teacher. okay. Never mind. Okay. But hey, they talk about, you'd be surprised what second graders know and come to school and tell you. That's what I'm saying. We <laughs> act like we, we act like we weren't kids once. So... Right. Why, if, we, if we're going to have the conversation with these young adults, talk to them like young adults. Absolutely. Yes. Just be straight mm -hmm. up with them. Yeah, you got to be straight up and honest with kids. And certain conversations, yeah, you need to know your student body. You need to know your parents. But if we don't start talking to our kids like adults and be truthful and honest, this is where misinformation and communication breaks down between kids because when you're talking about pizza and shit that things that they like they're not even gonna want to have a conversation when you make it weird i agree well, absolutely thank you, mama. 
All right. Well, 800-585-1051. If you just join us, Charlemagne gave Donkey the data. Who's Charlemagne? John F. Kennedy Middle School in Connecticut, man. Uh, they have a lesson plan where they that's called pizza and consent, where they use pizza as a metaphor for sex, and you're asked to cite their favorite toppings. Uh, so kissing is cheese, olives is uh, giving oral, and I still don't know what consent has to do with any of this. All right. We'll get into that next. Uh, call us up. What is your thoughts? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it now. I know it Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about uh, Charlemagne's donkey of the day. Now, I gave it to a school in Connecticut because of what, Charlemagne? John F. Kennedy Middle School in Connecticut. Uh, they have a lesson plan called Pizza and Consent. And they were instructed to use pizza as a metaphor for sex. And students had to cite their favorite toppings uh, for their sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the consent comes into play in this because as a caller called earlier and said, you know, kids in middle school, they're not old enough to consent to any damn thing. Right. You know what I mean? So that that I don't even know where the consent comes into play here. And then also, too, man, as I said during Donkey Day today, if you know anything about the conspiracy theory, Pizzagate. And, you know, this right here does nothing but continue to fuel that conspiracy theory, which is a conspiracy theory that has almost gotten people killed, <laughs> you know? So we're asking your thoughts, all right? Mm-hmm. 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? Hi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What are your thoughts? Um, I think the way they went about it with the pizza was completely wrong, but I do think having sex education in the school is really important. Um, there were some studies, if you, you can just like Google, but there were some studies where it shows in between the ages of 14 and 17, 69% of those boys and 72% of those girls were sexually active. And there's another study where it shows 14, the ages of 14 and 24, people had um, sexually uh, transmitted diseases from gonorrhea to chlamydia. So having, um, speaking to those kids about sex education is really important. And it, it shouldn't just come from parents. It should come from people who they respect and see on a daily basis, such as their teacher. Listen, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. But listen, how about just have the conversation with them? They're young adults. Like, think about how when we were young and the things we were thinking about and the things we were talking about. Just be straight up with them as opposed to doing silly stunts with pizza. No, I agree with that. Definitely. All right. Well, have a great mama. day. All right, let's go to another caller. Hello, who's this? Hi, and this is Sky from Texas. Hey, Sky. Good morning. What are your thoughts? Good morning. Well, I'm a mother of four. I do have a 14-year-old son, and I'm not particularly disturbed by the technique that they're trying to use. I mean, times are different. Yesterday, you guys were talking about boundaries overstepped with new dogs. Here in Texas, we're dealing with, you know, just a simple massage that went wrong. Well, a few of them, supposedly, from Deshaun Watson. So I think it's okay to talk to the kids about what could be appropriate and what's not appropriate. I mean, you better start talking to them now. Yeah, but why do it under the guise of pizza? Why not just have the conversation with him straight up? Your son's 14. You you can talk to him straight up and tell him what's going on in the world. Yeah, but I don't talk to him like that. I had a mother who talked to me like that, and it didn't do any different. It actually made me have a mouth that was inappropriate at times. The boundaries, again, you have to remember that the school district. So they have to still keep it. You know, if you can't say the word vagina all day at school, then 
they may be a little bit reluctant to just put it on a paper and, and send it home with the kids. I don't want nobody talking to my kids in cold, especially, uh, you know, when, when we don't know if Pizzagate is real or fake or not. <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> I'm serious. But <laughs> I, I think you should take the help where you can get it because you do know I have so many blocks on his phone, but he finds it. YouTube will suggest it. So, I mean, I, I'll take whatever help I can get. I believe their intentions were good, and I don't think it's going to harm them. And by the way, I believe what you can use for anal is anchovy. Anchovy. Anto oh, that's yeah, that's one. disgusting. That's a good one. Do you see what you said? You said anchovies are disgusting, but some people love anchovies. Anchovies isn't a thing right. that you just regularly want to get on your pizza. That's it. You hit it. Anchovies. Goodness gracious. That's it. Anchovies. And they brown. <laughs> anchovies for anal. Oh, my goodness. How about we don't talk about pizza when we come to talk about having sex? How about that? Listen, you're going to have a hard time convincing people pizza gate isn't real. <laughs> when, when things like this pop up, okay? You know, I could say Pizzagate is false, but situations like this make you be like, hmm, let's All rethink right. this. All right. Can you imagine a superintendent standing up in front of parents telling parents, there is no secret cabal to indoctrinate kids on something. That's like when Sylvester the Cat used to be sitting there with uh, Tweety Bird all in his mouth and the feathers would be coming out of his mouth. I didn't need to canary. Yeah, what is wrong with you? I don't know, actually. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I have, I have therapy today. Yep, thank God. All right. Yeah. Now, we got rumors on the way? Yes, we were discussing new albums earlier in reference to the Super Bowl. Snoop Dogg and Mary J. Blige have new albums coming out today, but we'll tell you about some more new music you'll be interested in. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right, so what we love about Fridays is all the new music that drops. And Jasmine Sullivan has her new Hotels Deluxe Edition, Hotels Motels, the Deluxe. There are 10 tracks and interludes and contributions from Issa Rae, uh, comedian Mona Love. And so are y'all ready for that? I'm always here for Hotel, Jasmine Sullivan. Hotels Motels. Well, here is a snippet of Hurt Me So Good. Yes. Okay. That's what I'll be listening to this weekend. Also, Mary J. Blige, as you know, she has a new album out today and performing a Super Bowl halftime show. And by the way, some new intel is that she actually is going to be doing more than one song. According, according to Baller Alert, they had an exclusive. Okay. And it says she's not doing just one song. Yeah, it would so, be disrespectful be to have. To hear that. Yeah, it'd be disrespectful to have Mary J. Blige do one record. All right, well, here is Mary J. Blige featuring Usher, Need Love, off her new album. It's all good in the beginning. You're a pretty girl and you think you're winning. Boy, it wears off, it's a bad ending. Don't mind holding you down if you keep your interest. Okay. That is Good Morning Gorgeous. So get ready for that new Mary J. Blige to be uh, popping all weekend, too. Also, Snoop Dogg, as you know, has dropped a new album, too. Back on Death Row. 
And that album has a lot of features on it, like uh, T.I., Sleepy Brown, Nate Dogg, The Baby, The Game, Nas, and more. So here is a snippet of Snoop Dogg. And this song is uh, featuring The Baby called Pop Pop. Is that on his own label, Death Row, or not yet? Uh, I'm not sure if it's, uh, but he did an NFT project. So his okay. Back on Death Row NFT project is with a blockchain, blockchain gaming company, Gala Games. So it's, it has a 17-track album, and then it also has a one-of-a-kind digital stash box that's available for purchase. So that exclusive sale does end on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. And... Um, that's that. So they're saying that he believes that this will be a game changer in the music industry. Snoop said, if anything is constant, it's that the music industry will always be changing. Blockchain tech has the power to change everything again and tip the table in favor of the artists and the fans. And we're going to be right at the front of the pack with this gala music deal. So of uh, there's only 25,000 Snoop stash boxes and they're priced at $5,000 each. There's a total of 1,470 NFTs of each song and each stash box will get one of the 17 track NFTs tracks some snoop's album okay shout out to snoop is that confusing for everybody okay a little bit and juicy juicy j and wiz khalifa have released their collaborative album today it's called stoner's night and here is testing All right, right. y'all excited for... Yeah, that's always fun to roll up to and and listen to those two. All right, also, I'm sure you guys have seen um, Nicki Minaj, of course, featuring Little Baby and Bustin'. That's out. Saweetie featuring her, also, Closer, and Mozzie featuring Roddy Rich. And I don't know if you saw this press uh, conference that Yo Gotti had, also, CMG Records. They had a press conference yesterday, and that's the imprint that's founded by Yo Gotti CMG. And they did announce... um, that Mozzie is joining CMG during this press conference. Okay. So congratulations uh, to them. Yo Gotti also said they have a collaborative album coming out on February 18th. So get ready for that. All right. All right, y'all. That is all your new music for today. And that is your rumor report. Okay. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, I thought somebody else's album came out too that I was looking at too. But all right, shout to Snoop, shout to Mary. All right, now, uh, also, oh, of course, Snot has an album out today too. Okay, and also Monday is Valentine's Day, so if you haven't, I'm just reminding you: get your flowers, get your edible arrangements, get your whatever you're gonna get. Get your make edibles. Sure, it makes sure Man, you can't edibles. get too high though, because it's Monday. You gotta go to work. On That's the next right. Day. Damn. So make sure you get everything that you need to get. Get your gifts, all that. Fellas, don't forget, you know, sometimes we get caught up with life in Super Bowl weekend, but you don't want to be stuck outside Monday, all right? And you don't got to break the bank either. That's the other thing people need to know, man. You know, Valentine's Day is about love, mm-hmm. okay? Unless you're trying to finesse it. If you're trying to finesse it, then you break the bank. You know what they I mean? Break the bank. And, and remember, you... experience, 
experiences together are always an amazing gift. So if you can choose to do something yes. that y'all do together as an experience, that's amazing. And if you don't plan around, if you don't plan to be around for the summer, man, make sure you get us something nice. That's a nice parting gift. That's the least you could do. Okay. All right. All right. Well, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is Deepak Chopra's Mind Body Zone. In this podcast, Deepak talks with guests like John Batiste and helps listeners redefine their lives. Sign up for a free 30-day audible trial at audible.com slash breakfast club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's Black History Month. What are we doing, Charlemagne? Listen, man, uh, you know, every day uh, for Black History Month, we drop a daily podcast called I Didn't Know, Maybe You Didn't Either on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, hosted by my guy B-Dot. And on today's episode, we will talk about the origins of the term Uncle Tom. Listen. I Welcome to Mr. Dottie's Neighborhood. And we are at the home of one of the most influential saxophonists of all time, John Coltrane, right here in High Point, North Carolina. On today's episode of I Didn't Know, maybe you didn't either, let's talk about a term that gets used a lot. Wrong as hell. Uncle Tom. Have you read the book, Uncle Tom's Cabin? Probably not. It was written in 1850 by Harriet Stowe. The climax of the book is when Uncle Tom is tragically beaten by his slave master because he would not tell the whereabouts of two black women who had escaped. Now, that was powerful. To take that beating and let them live. Now, you know the white people at that time couldn't let the power of black folk be magnified to the world when they adapted it to stage plays and minstrel shows. So how did they depict Uncle Tom? As a cornball as a sellout, someone who wouldn't dare give up his life to save two black women, when that's exactly who Uncle Tom was. So when you call someone an Uncle Tom to try to play him or to say they ain't black enough, you sound ignorant as hell. Uncle Tom was very black. Uncle Tom was a protector. Uncle Tom gave his life so that two black women could live. We should all be as strong as Uncle Tom. I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. I didn't know. Very right. valuable information. Some of this yeah, stuff yeah. I be knowing, some of this stuff I didn't. But uh, you can download I Didn't Know, Maybe You Didn't Either daily on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network. Make sure you go subscribe to that now. Only you feel on my body. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Then shout out to everybody out in L.A. I'm in L.A. Uh, this weekend. Uh, make sure you hit me on uh, Instagram. Follow me on Instagram if you're out here. You want to party with me. I'm going to be out uh, Friday and Saturday day party. I think Saturday I'm with Fab and Friday um, at Cheetahs in L.A. So come hang out with me and you guys be safe. If you're coming to the Super Bowl, if you're having Super Bowl parties, just be careful out there. Don't drink and drive when the, when the game's over. Just be safe, please. Absolutely. Now you got to uh, who you going for? Ye Rams or Cincinnati? I'm going to say Cincinnati. Charlamagne? Dallas Cowboys, baby. You know what I'm saying? That's who the hell I'm going for. Okay, Dallas Cowboys, D.C. all day. Any questions? You don't even need to watch What about game, you, Envy? Uh, I want to see Odell get one, honestly. I want to see the Rams win. I want to see Odell get one. They, they did Odell dirty, so I would love to see Odell get a ring. 
But okay. uh, I'm, I'm kind of like Charlamagne. I don't care. But I would love to see. I am a movie. Dallas Cowboy <laughs> fan. That means nothing, sir. Don't play with us. I know. Next year is our year. We gonna okay. win. We're gonna absolutely win the Super Bowl next year. Okay. We should get a compilation of every year since we started the show of him saying <laughs> that. Eleven years. Next year's our year. Next year's our year. Next year's our year. And guess uh, what? One year, year. One year. I'm a hit. <laughs> one year. I'm a hit. All right. <laughs> like the old, okay. the old lady that that. One oh, year. I'm a hit. Played a lot all the time. One time. I'm a hit. That's right. But right. it'll probably be when they change their name because they're gonna have to change their name at some point. You think so? Yep. Yeah. The Cowboys. Yeah, it's too. I think Cowboys too American for them to ever do that. America will push back on that too much before before, before they do that. Yeah, because yeah, well, well, yeah, why, it, yeah, Cowboys. They're not gonna change the Cowboys. Why would they need to change the Cowboys? And then what does that Didn't say you about guys the movie? Say Cowboys is a racist or something? Yeah, but then what does that say about the movie Brokeback Mountain? That that movie it's means too much to American Mountain. culture. They were cowboys. <laughs> How many times have you watched that movie? I'm just curious. Uh, none actually. Seen bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. I saw it when they was in the tent. Cap. I saw when it first when it when it first started popping off. <laughs> you know what, man? What's what? The note? What a... did? I saw that part. Okay. Leave us on the positive note, man. Listen, man. The positive note is simply this, man. It's the weekend. Uh, for everybody who's not in uh, in L.A. for the Super Bowl, just know sometimes happiness looks like staying home, minding your business, telling people no, and doing you on the couch. Breakfast Club, bitches. We all finished or y'all done? 